Anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but only empties today of its strength. Charles Spurgeon. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Not A Paid Sponsored Podcast. I'm so happy to be recording with my lovely wife here today with you guys. We're going to be talking about everything under the sun. And over the sun, if you catch my drift, we're going to be talking about SpaceX test flight, what happened there. We're going to be talking about all things COVID. We're going to be talking about how sports was impacted by COVID, the UFC, the NFL, tons of stuff going on. We're going to be talking about some scientific discoveries, well, uh, marine biology discoveries, and much more. Sit tight and enjoy the episode. This is the Not A Pay Sponsor Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Not A Paid Sponsor Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Papa Salt, with my lovely, joined today with my lovely wife, Samantha, a.k.a. Miss Peppa. How you doing, baby? I'm good. How are you? Just rolled my eyes because she, she hates when I say, uh, she hates when I call her by her full name because she says, she, you know, it makes her feel like she's in trouble. And your mom never called you by your full name and you knew? Yeah. You just I mean, knew? See, and that's, you know, that's the true nature because I don't like being called by my full name. Unfortunately, my name tends to be a name that Aunt, Ant-Man, Aunt Tony, like you have to say Anthony. So, That's why I just call you babe. Well, yeah, but everybody else. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I hope everybody's doing good. We got a lot of news to cover today. Um, I guess we'll start off with our first lovely fluff piece. Um, my wife found out on the uh, on to interwebs that we had uh, another... It was a humpback whale, right? Yeah. It was another humpback whale sighted off the uh, Statue of Liberty. Uh, there was a bunch of sightings. There was somebody who saw him by Hell's Kitchen. There was somebody who saw like. Yeah, over the... I, I remember the one that was on Rockway Beach. Mm. That it, that was all over the news. and. Um, I mean, just this whale. He's been, oh, like, just this over. whale alone? Yeah. Oh, so it was. It, it just wasn't... In fr- it wasn't just in front of the Statue of Liberty. It was all that, over the Hudson. I read that there was something like, like, this guy saw it here, this guy saw it there. I, that's... It's beautiful. I mean, especially now with COVID, there's not a lot of people out on the water. You know, there's not a lot of, well, I wouldn't say commercial disturbance, but public disturbance to the water. So, you know, the whales, dolphins, fish, they've had free reign to just swim up and down. Do what they want. Yeah, without having to worry about as many people out on the water or in the water. So... You know, over the years, like I said, there's been so, quite a few sightings. We had dolphins once, um, other humpback whales. We've even had shark sightings. Yeah, but nobody uh, likes those. Yeah, and I read that you know a lot of the once the once they spot once they spotted the whale in the water, mm. they were notifying other mariners to like you know try to steer, steer clear, yeah, yeah steer clear to make sure that the whale is able to get back to um, to deeper waters, but. You know, again, pretty cool. A lot of people don't know that um, New York, the waterways in New York, they're not all that shallow. You know, you have large boats passing in and out of the Hudson Valley. Um, obviously, the biggest, one of the biggest ones to ever sail through is the Intrepid. Yeah. The Intrepid uh, Museum, which was an aircraft carrier that was repurposed into a uh, museum for those of you guys who have never had a chance to visit the Intrepid is, you know. I have if, not been able to go. If you're into military aircraft and just a little piece of military history, 
you know, just to be able to walk on the flight deck and, and just to, it's beautiful. I mean, I haven't been there in a few years, but, you know, I would love to go again, hopefully when it's safe to go outside, once this radioactive COVID fallout is hmm. over and done with. Um, Nuclear winter. But speaking of whales, you have something else to mention before we move on? Oh yeah, there's uh off off of Mexico they found they think they found a new species of beaked whales. Now, call me color me ignorant. I didn't even know that beaked whales were a thing. You know, I knew a humpback whales, humpback whales, humpback whales, <laughs> beluga whales, orcas, and right the orca is the killer whale, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but I, I didn't know that they had like beaked. Yeah whales we saw the pictures of what they look like and i i thought that it almost looked like you know how like guppies have like that underbite yeah that it kind of looked like uh, what i had said a we had said a, a guppy whale so sam went on the computer and then she went to she just typed in guppy whale and somebody on deviant art shout out to um q anik is his name yeah q anik came up with a lovely picture of what a guppy whale would look like. It was majestic. It was a very majestic uh, whale <laughs> guppy-like creature. And maybe I'll put it up on the backdrop of this week's episode. Um, I'm just waiting for him to give me permission to see if we could even use the picture. But I, I, we were, I was debating whether we should just name this episode "Guppy Whales" just to throw everybody off. You know, like what the <laughs> hell are they talk? Like what are they going to be talking about on this episode that they had to name it "Guppy Whale"? Um, but some interesting news would be that if this were to be the case, this would be the 24th species of beaked, wha uh, beaked whales to have ever been found. Um, the way they discovered it, we read that... <laughs> the video said that it was like if you were looking for brontosauruses and then found the unicorn. There you go. So it was just <laughs> like, That's what the video said. They were searching for sound... You know, obviously the whales and dolphins and things like that, they communicate and their voices get, are picked up by sonar and things like that. And apparently this quote-unquote new species was discovered first by the sound that it was making. They had never heard uh, a, a whale species. It's not like clicks and stuff, right? or, No, the clicks I think are shrimp. Oh, the okay. shrimp, yeah, like a, a school of shrimp that sound like clicky noises on a, <laughs> like on a sonar. Ah. Um, but yeah, they said that they had discovered a, a different, imagine if it was just speaking English underwater. Yo. <laughs> oh, the water is cold today. <laughs> um, but yeah, then they ended up finding, a, uh, finding actually where the well was. And uh, taking a few pictures, you guys can check online. The pictures are absolutely beautiful to see these creatures. And if they are newly discovered, I hope it's not to the extent where we're going to start chasing them out of the water. You know, let these creatures, apparently they inhabit deeper waters. So to see them high up on the water, you know, in the ocean is, you know, you don't get to see things like that every day. Um, but yeah, we're... Uh, I was uh, looking for the sounds, but I don't find them. Yeah, I mean, even if we did find the sound, would we be able to discern what? Like, whoa, that is. Wow, that definitely sounds like a new, uh, you know, that definitely sounds like a new whale. 
<laughs> Never heard of my life. But shout out to the scientists. It's good to know that science is persevering even in this age of the pandemic. They're probably know. doing better because we're not impeding them. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, with COVID, a lot of things have become restricted. I would be very curious to find out about how COVID has r really impacted A, um, people just out there hunting these animals or, you know, like catching them. Mm. Um, has that slowed down any bit or has that gotten even worse? You know, now with COVID, if we can't be out on land together, then we got to be out on the ocean together. <laughs> you know, it's something that I really want. Water world. You know, I, I'd be very curious to find out, like, what the status of that is. But shout out to those scientists out there doing their thing. You know, and like I said, to have that kind of credit, you know, discovery under your belt, you know, those guys are going to get recognized. I hope they name it something cool. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but they'll get recognized for that, you know, their hard work and, and to potentially what magic that must be to, to sit there and say, you know, like, this is new. This is nobody's what, seen what it. we've been waiting for. Exactly. You know, like nobody's ever seen this before, you know, and to be the one to have found or to have made that discovery. So good show. Uh where are we next? Con continuing in all things wonderful in science and space and marine biology. Um, Two great unknowns. Right. So we're moving from, yeah, great segue. Um, we are, we, we're moving from one great unknown to the next. And SpaceX had a test flight this week. Unfortunately, it ended in a crash, but um, their SN9 rocket um, test was this past week they were attempting to from what I read it was an attempt at performing a record-setting landing flip maneuver so this maneuver was intended to help combat atmospheric re-entry you know instead of going into like a hard landing they were trying to land it you know butt down yeah. You know, in the hopes that they would be able to, like, mm -hmm. reduce the amount of force. That's what they wanted. Pardon me. Huh? Oop. That's what they wanted. I mean, the, the video. Did you see the video? No, I didn't get to I it. mean, it, it, they launched the rocket, mm -hmm. and then it kind of tilted into, like, a, a standard flying uh, position. Mm -hmm. It was flying horizontally, and then as it was going down, the thrusters kicked on, and then the rocket began to kind of straighten itself. yeah like i guess that's what their attack angles that they were going for they were trying to position it almost upright and then like t it looked like it was going to go off without a hitch you know the rocket was slowly starting to position itself to a full 90 degree angle and then like you know as it was going down you could kind of see that like oh i don't know if this is going to go the way you know and and it has the rocket itself had three thrusters mm. they only had two of them on during the landing phase and who knows if that was maybe the issue as to why they couldn't land mm. it hard you know or soft enough 
and unfortunately the thing crashed and exploded. Um, but nevertheless, the research over at uh, the research guys over at SpaceX and Elon Musk have said that they have gathered the all the information that they needed to get back out there and try going for the next test. I mean, it's amazing. These scientists, they're able to launch a craft. This craft then sends back data on trajectory, propulsion, power, uh, thrust, stuff. gravity, everything. And it's able to compute even in failure it is able to compute how much they may have off shot or not predicted correctly how they were supposed to land it and that would be a sassy computer i mean the amount of first of all it takes somebody to kind of it's got to take a human mind to kind of want to or to program the algorithm in itself and then say, listen, I don't want to do the math, so I'm going to give it to the computer, and then the computer will be able to generate. That's what I'm saying. If he says, imagine um, it's talking back to you, like, well, if you hadn't put this much, then I wish I had it on. Um, I wish I had it on file. There was this show that was talking about like engineering disasters, mm -hmm. and they were talking about how in uh, there. I think I'm not sure if it was the somewhere between the. 60s and the 80s or not like i know it's a 30-year gap but in that 30-year gap they were developing an algorithm a program that would provide engineers mm -hmm. computer analyzed and generated schematics you could tell you can say listen i'm gonna build a stadium in canada and it needs to be able to handle x amount of weight can you tell me what the roof structure of this facility needs to be like in mm -hmm. order to handle whatever threshold, you know, either snow, ice, melt, things like that. Mm -hmm. And they were using it. And I forgot which, which stadium ended up... There was a stadium that actually used this method and collapsed. And, collapsed. Oh, and um, because they didn't account for, I'm not sure what, but the computer wasn't able to account for some sort of unforeseen variable. But still, like, yes, these things can go wrong, but they can also go incredibly, incredibly right, which, I mean, I could speak about, I could go into, again, with conspiracies about how your phone and everything can hear what you say. I mean, we have proven, my wife and I, <laughs> should she search something, if she searches something on her phone, and I begin to type the same thing on my phone, her search question will pop up on my phone. Mind you, we are none of, none of, neither of us are logged into either. I mean, the only account that I have on your phone, on your, any of your, is the Hulu. Mm -hmm. I'm not logged into any other of your things, none of your email, nothing. Yeah. I don't have anything. But it has gotten to the point now that if, you're sitting next to someone and this person searches, you know, for instance, aquarium lids for a 20-gallon long tank. And if I type in the same way that she started typing, I will also see that search pop up on my, um, on my phone. So the use of algorithms in technology and now space travel is just insane. Was it the Metrodome? Huh? Was it the Metrodome? It was some stadium that, I think it was a hockey stadium I wanted to, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what it was? I think, it was, was it this one? 
Is that the Houston Metrodome? No, no. It was like a... I'll find it. It's it's an engineer. It was a hockey thing, and it it looked like almost like it was on a regular block, like something you'd see in the Bronx. You know, like it was right right there, like mm -hmm. apartment buildings, and then boom, stadium. You know, like it it had that kind of structure where you wouldn't even know. I'll find it. No, because it was like a square roof. But anywho, um, shout out to SpaceX. Um, they've had a lot of notable success in recent years. 2020 being one of their strong ones they've had a, a they had a mission back in may which was the first crewed space flight that took astronauts bob benkin and doug hurley to the international space station november 16th uh, excuse me uh, bob benkin and doug hurley would return in august and then in november 16 2020 uh, they had the first crew rotation um, of the commercial crew program Following the return of the Demo 2 astronauts, the crew that went up this time around in November was, I have the list here, Victor Glover, Mike Hopkins, Shannon Walker, and Soichi Noguchi. Um, November, that, November 16th was the flight that took them up to the space station, and I believe they're going to be staying up there for six months. That's what it says. Yeah. And all of this, you know, Mars is next and buying a maker. But yeah, this speaks to what I said. You know, it was not even if not even ten years ago that we were fearing the worst for our space program that NASA and all that would be defunded. And then Elon Musk with the SpaceX program, you know, took space flight private and now SpaceX is working with NASA and other government agencies to commercial uh, either A commercialize or, you know, like to make space travel more economical and efficient. They're already proving that they could launch these rockets and then retrieve the thrusters. You know, so when the rockets attach, they're able to then bring the, the back piece of the ship the back. Rock, back down into its on, not only to bring it back, but to actually have it land on a specified target. I mean, it's amazing. They're able to reuse these, uh, you know, refurbish and reuse these uh, materials. And who knows, within the next 10 to 15 years, whether we'll start getting commercial space flight, you know. Granted, it's going to be ridiculously expensive. I don't know what the conversion rate is now per pound to send into space or per kilogram. Because we, you know, we got to get away from the metric system, uh, standard. Um, but hopefully with these innovations in space travel, we will start to see commercial space flight, you know? You win on the lottery or something, it's like a, a raffle. Yeah, you know, like, One hey, trip to Mars. you know, instead of going to see the Statue of Liberty, you pay to take money, take your, your you know, me to take Sam and Ben out into space, <laughs> you know, just, and just be out in space for a little while and then come back. You know, I think it would be so cool. And then, obviously, the great mission is to hopefully go to Mars. Mm. You know, Mike, you know, a lot of people are just like, well, hey, you know, what about the moon? We kind of, we've already went to the moon. Okay, cool, the moon. But what about the dark side? It sucks. I feel like if we were to go back to the moon, it would be in like a mining colony. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're or the dark anyways. maybe there are people that just want to live in the moon. You know what I'm saying? 
and they'll grow out and they'll 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 go out to the moon and they'll make their own terrarium type de deal where they you know bio their own biodome where they could just live yeah. in peace on the moon you know i would not i would caution against mining on the moon because what happened my my fear right remember you are messing with our tides yes the moon governs our tides what happens if you start removing metal and resources off the moon I think you know what they, I'm saying? it'll be and, less magnetic. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're changing the chemistry <coughs> of the moon. You're changing the chemistry of the moon. That cannot be good. So I believe you know if we're... Saying? Just remember, you're messing with our If ties. we're going to go to the moon, it's got to be to... Farm. To make your own farm and sustainable life. And you want to go to the moon to just live out in space. Potatoes. You know? I, I, I could definitely see that if they can create some sort of ozone contained environment that shielded them from the cosmic rays. We don't. Yeah, I would totally see. I, I could definitely see us living on the moon, prefer, most likely before we even go to Mars. And I believe they would use the moon as a test site. Mm -hmm. You know, although Mars has different. Uh, geographical challenges to conquer the moon would essentially be an interesting place to start you know mm -hmm. i mean it is a low gravity environment there is more gravity on mars so but maybe the moon is just like a retirement place so that way the old people can walk like comfortably again you the, know what i mean basically you know you got to be careful because with the reduced um Atrophy. with the reduced atmosphere comes the Reduce bone mass. Well, I was saying they just stay there. Yeah, like that's like the last place. So, it's just very interesting where we are in regards to space flight and astronomy. And my question to you guys is, what does space mean to you? Is it something that we should actively pursue in your mind, or do you feel like we're wasting time, or do you feel like maybe? We have no business up there, you know, that we're only going to discover evil things, you know, or things that don't help us. Don't ask questions to the answer if you don't want the answers kind of thing. Well, I know the protocol, like, for instance, taking bacteria and things like that to and from space, you know, they, they, they require there to be a certain level of sterile, you know, th there's a certain sterile technique protocol that they follow hmm. with respects to transferring Earth bacteria earthborn bacteria into the cosmos i'm not sure if they're afraid that it becomes a superbug. exactly right they take the common cold out into space in space these astronauts they're not shielded from radiation the same that way that we are here and you know they end up like you said creating some sort of superbug. you know that's what maybe who knows if that's where covid came from right the space station. Space station super bug. But, um, yeah. Shout out to, um, you know, shout out to SpaceX. Shout out to everybody out there flying. You know, I mean, COVID, imagine how those people in the space station are feeling. How does the space station deal with the coronavirus? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you figure they're safe if they were safe when they went up there. Exactly. But yeah. imagine what the Earth must look like with things closed and lights off. 
I would say it looks the same no, because essentially, be I mean, more dark. well, they won't see you, you won't see the street, you know, the cars driving in the street a lot, but you're still going to see the buildings illuminate, you know, at night. They the buildings still need to light up, all, just the same. Why? Well, what, what what is your belief on how COVID will have affected how an astronaut views Earth? No, I'm from saying space? like if there's like like not right now. I'm saying like when we had like the super shutdown. Well. That might have looked weird. Didn't they say something like the carbon emissions went down drastically, like during COVID? I'm not sure. Because there weren't as many people out, so it's like the carbon emission, the carbon footprint, are it actually went down mm. during COVID. Obviously, it's not going to stay that way for long because people are going to want to get back to being outside and doing what they're doing. And now with the vaccine around the corner, um, you know, it's going to be even more evident so well, i guess then again we segue to our another our next um our next topic which is covid i know last last week we had a chance to talk about covid and like my fears with respects to taking the vaccine and how vaccines are going to be administered and whatnot and we had some news twice it turns out huh two times yeah right because the vaccine is a, a two, a two, two yeah. part thing you got to get a shot once and then you got to wait a little bit and then come back to get you know so how many people are going to logistically how many people are going to get the vaccine how many people aren't how many people are going to get the vaccine in the correct fashion <laughs> and how many people are going to get one dose and be like oh i'm done yeah, it should be you good. Know, or they have some one. sort of reaction and then they don't want to get Not the other doing dose. that again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So scientists are know. urging. What were you saying? I said, I don't know. Scientists are urging that should you experience a reaction, not to be alarmed, because that is basically your body telling you that the, va the vaccine is working. Yes, you did inject a little bit of COVID into me. I, That's what a vaccine is, right? Just yeah. a little bit of the, the thing. We had some news this week that Canada appro uh, approved the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Their hope is to vaccinate a quarter million Canadian citizens in December and then jump to four million people by March. Now... Are they doing a mandatory vaccine? Uh, vaccine. Vaccination. Are they requiring? Is it mandated that you have to get the vaccine out there, or are they just hoping that they'll have the confidence of the people to have vaccinated close to four thousand um, by March? I don't know. So that brings us to our next question. Mandatory vaccinations. Will it be a thing? Yeah. Well, Joe. I know Joe Biden uh, says that in his turn. Uh, he says that they're not going to mandate people to take the vaccine. Um, apparently, I did some more research. They say about four in ten Americans are refusing to get vaccinated. Then I'll, that brings me to the case. Like, if you're one, if you're somebody that doesn't want to get the vaccine. But you want to can live your, normal life. If, well, yeah, you want to go back to work. Can your job mandate 
that you get a vaccine. According to a few lawyers, uh, employment lawyers here in the States, they do believe that... Um, well, I mean, you had to have your flu shot before, right? Com yeah, exactly. So I worked in transportation for, for a hospital here in the city. We were as, uh, you know, somebody that drove around nurses and doctors and pa patients alike. We were required to get our flu shot yearly. All nursing staff, all hospital workers, yeah, you they it. are strongly encouraged, if not mandated, to get the f each year's flu shot, no matter what. So there's that. Um, and yeah, employ they're these lawyers. They're of the mindset that uh, jobs can require their patient, their patients, their workers to get vaccinated or face termination. Yeah, and then some airliners too. Right? You have yeah, exactly. We have uh, I, I forgot Australia's Qantas Qantas Airlines. They're going to be requiring passengers to show proof of vaccination. I would not be surprised to see other airlines take suit. You might have some big, you know, like, Je I, don't, I don't know. I don't see JetBlue and American Airlines and Delta requiring their passengers. To, right now, the American... Rabble, rabble human rights. That too, in the American airline industry, they are starving for uh, passengers. You know, you got these airliners right now that they are suffering big time because of covid so you know but lo and behold it is very much a realistic scenario that um you, you can't in some instances you will be mandated to take the vaccine uh, the vaccine whether you want to or not i know that there was a lawmaker in new york that was pushing for mandatory vaccination That's should too, refuse, right? too yeah should too many new yorkers refuse it uh, they were going to push to see if this one lawmaker, I didn't get the name because I didn't really uh, go too deep into it, but there is a, a lawmaker that was pushing for at least in New York for uh, residents to get vaccinated, uh, mandated vaccinations. So, you know, continuing with the, you know, with the topic, what about sports? We brought this up last, uh, you know, last episode uh briefly about you know covid impacting the ufc you know we have ufc 256 which really took a hit um it's gonna be tonight i'm gonna be watching uh for those of you guys who uh who are out there my mma twitter family let's get to it tony ferguson going against duke bronx um you got um Davidson's Figueiredo going in there. Uh, his second fight, and when was the last time he? I mean, it was a really quick turnaround, and we saw the fight together. But it, it was only like a few weeks turnaround, and Dana gave him the fifty thousand in cash to, you know, he didn't get the fight night, uh, he didn't get the win bonus. So I guess Dana hooked him up with some money on the side. But it's, I mean, this is too, you, if it's going to be one card to watch this year. Definitely going to see, uh, looking forward to seeing El Kukui back in there. Um, also, David's figured, uh, I want to say his name right, Figueredo, Figueredo, Figueredo. Say mm -hmm. it fast, that way it doesn't sound like I mess up. <laughs> but 
he's turning out to be like the real deal i mean he choked out what's his face like right there in the beginning in, in his last match um I'm, I'm really looking forward to the card tonight even though it was hit hard with with covid it's already four o'clock now matches are going to be starting within the next two three hours so i want to wrap up this podcast uh in a little while and get myself situated for the evening's uh events um but yeah ufc 256 took a big hit ufc is not the only sporting franchise uh sporting uh, organization to be impacted by covid um, covid has destroyed football American football this year. Last week, two weeks ago, we were talking about how bad the Denver Broncos were getting completely ransacked by COVID. I mean, they had no, I think all of their quarterbacks, like basically their entire starting lineup was completely decimated by COVID. The whole organization had, I mean, NFL was having to reschedule games. Huge nightmare. Um, but not just ruining football, the game, it's also ruining. It's also, I wouldn't say ruining, but it's also changing how TV and media is working with football. I know that, uh, for instance, right, in November, there were 93 players and 171 team staffers who tested positive in that month alone. TV media and sports packages and TV media and radio deals have also been affected i know that they stalled some talks mm -hmm. they don't know oh. where to go you okay yeah um they don't know where to go forward with respects to how they're going to handle the playoffs you know what kind of packages are they going to be running going forward into the playoffs i mean the nfl is dead set on crowning division champions and all what who's what's and you know all their playoff contenders but they have really been limping this year and i hope that the year that comes is a rebound year for football because it really sucks you know a we don't have fans in the stands and b if this continues you're going to see either players getting cut uh you're not going to see you're going to see much stricter contracts for players mm, mm -hmm. you're going to see a potential hike in ticket sales you may see a hike in uh, everything the price because they got they have to make up ground tax. um like they do on everything i didn't write it in my notes but baseball i think like all the major league team all of the major league baseball teams they're suing their insurance uh, companies because they have lost so much money and they believe that covid counts as um damage you know whereas you know these mlb teams they're covered with property damage and things like that and yeah what you know should players get injured to you know but it would seem that they may have not gotten they may not have gotten the help that they thought they were going to get from their insurance companies and this is netting them i mean baseball didn't even watch it this year i tried watching a few games normally i can muscle through I, yeah normally i can muscle i just and i should i feel guilty because i love baseball 
but it was just so it was not a good year um baseball really took a back seat baseball and these teams they're reporting that it was bad enough that these teams weren't making money it's worse now you know because now they're not getting help from the insurance these these teams are having to go and yes baseball money is on another level these guys got generational money they have money coming in from places that we don't even know but again a lot of money going down the drain it's costing money to just run these operations so you know mma they're starting to feel it dana white announcing that they're going to be cutting up to you know 60 or so uh fighters from the record the, their roster although dana white said in the beginning that they would not be cutting people obviously COVID has impacted them as well they're not selling out seats all their revenue is coming just from tv alone they're not having events in Las Vegas in front of a live audience. So Dana, I mean, they cut Yoel Romero. They're going to be cutting a bunch of other fighters. Anthony Rumble Johnson, he's signing with Bellator. I mean, he's got a very dominant record, 22-6. and six. you got to figure that fighters like Corey... Everybody was making fun of Corey Anderson because, you know, he thought that he was going to go over to... Everybody said that he was going over to Bellator and he was going to take over. But now you got, you know, you, <clears throat> you got Rumble Johnson going over there. And uh, nobody wants to fight Rumble. I mean, maybe DC, but, you know, Rumble is going to be a very uh, interesting addition to the Bellator uh, lineup. And last but not least, shout out to Clarissa Shields. I don't know if we said anything last episode but she is signing with pfl um 10 and 0 in boxing i think we i think we did in five streets it was like a quick little yeah 10 and 0 in boxing record for some odd reason i had thought she fought a little bit more but it's good preserve her body uh she's been practicing a lot i mean she's been training non-stop uh she just got i believe she got her white belt in uh jiu-jitsu cool. and I'm definitely going to be tuning in to see how, again, we've had, box, we've had boxers go into MMA. You had Holly Holm, uh, Heather Hardy. Holly Holm found some success. She, ha she had her belt, although she lost it after uh, she lost it to Misha Tate. You have Heather Hardy, who's had a more difficult time in the, uh, in the octagon. And she said it, she's, she said that this, it's a lot different where, you know, in boxing, you can kind of pull like a rope-a-dope maneuver, you know, if you're getting punched and you could lean up against the ropes and the, elast the elasticity of the rope will help you absorb some of the blows, but in a cage, Not that's the case it. with a cage. Yeah. In the cage, that's all you got. Once your back hits the cage, it's not going to give much. That means it's it. If so you have to defend yourself and not only that box you know i'm of the mindset that traditional boxing striking is not the same as mma striking because with mma striking you need to also be ready to you know switch them hips and, and throw in a couple of kicks or you know you're going to be just more grounded for the takedown you know so i gotta believe that like striking in mma the fundamentals are much different than they were for boxing so one could technically say yes you are a seasoned 
boxer, but can you apply the sweet science to the science of mixed martial arts? So going to be very interested in seeing how that plays out. Um, who else? Who else did I miss? I think it's, I think Mackenzie Dern is fighting tonight. As well. Can you, I think she's fighting tonight. I mean, I wonder. Can yeah, check to see. I think she is fighting. Mackenzie Dern, yeah, Verna Jandaroba. Is it? Yeah, Mackenzie Dern is going to be fighting Verna Jandaroba. Yep. Nine and one versus sixteen and one. A lot of people are saying that Mackenzie Dern is going to probably lose this one. Um, Vander, what's the name? How do you pronounce the name again? Uh, Verna. Verna. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that Verna is a little bit more gutsier. People just hate on Mackenzie Dern. Obviously, they they bring up the accent. You know, when Mackenzie Dern was young, she sounded full up blown American. She's obviously. Oh, that's this is her. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember when we were watching the video. I was like, and this is her now. Yeah, yeah. She's like I, super. I, and now she barely. Brazilian. Yeah, she she doesn't speak very good English anymore. Now she sounds more Brazilian than um, than she does American. A lot of people constantly bring up the accent thing, but it's like you know what? It's where she lived. Yeah, I, yeah, and I make fun of people all the time. Like I had a friend. Uh, she lived in New York. She moved out to Boston. She doesn't even sound like she ever lived in New York now. You yeah, know, like she talks like she's from Boston and, you know, like getting the car. I remember her sounding like, yo, dead ass. G, like straight <laughs> New York, you know, like, but you live somewhere. I mean, I lived in New York for 12 years before I moved to Maryland. I went to Maryland and I lost a lot of whatever New York twang I had. And a lot of people when I moved back to New York, they're like, you're, you don't sound, you know, you don't sound, you don't have a heavy New York accent. And yeah, when I went to Arizona, I, you start to blend with where you are. Exactly. So over time, you know, it's definitely a truth that, you know, over time, over time, you start to lose, you know, and especially if you're picking up a second language altogether. I was just making fun of English. But if you're learning, if you're learning a language like Brazil, um, your the muscles in your mouth they change. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To because these people have been speaking this language for forever. You know, and the muscles in your mouth and your jaw change and you accent different. And things. you start to accent different because by changing your 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 primary accent, it helps you kind of transition into your secondary accent. Mm -hmm. So um, you can tell people that speak Spanish a lot will have a tighter English, you know, and that way they can switch to Spanish, you know, or they'll have a slight Spanish accent with their English speaking. So, mm -hmm. ah, I'm giving it too much air, but long story short, we got to find other things to rag on. Kenzie Madern. We got to find other things to rag on with uh, Mackenzie Dern because that whole thing with the accent, you know, it was funny at first, but, you know, that's who she but is that's now. That's so that many months ago. Yeah, that's so that many months ago. Let's keep it moving, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna be watching UFC 256. We'll be live tweeting from it. Hopefully, I'll have this episode out before then. Maybe we can talk about it together, shoot the breeze, and um, you know, I guess that's it for our 
sports section. Or is it? Wait. Gaming is kind of a sport now, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I don't have a lot of gaming. I don't have a lot of esports news. Mm. Um, this go around. Um, but yeah, we uh, we we didn't get a chance to cover gaming last episode, and I figured we would. Sorry, I got a little bit of an itch on my leg. My leg's got, sitting in Indian style here. We're recording the podcast literally from our bed. So, um, In gaming news, we had the much-anticipated Cyberpunk 27, uh, 2077 uh, that finally released. On, well, we got some good, we got some bad. So CD Projekt Red, they are saying that they made up the entire cost of the game and its marketing costs in one day of sales which is insane yeah, crazy. um unfortunately a lot of people were taking to the internet social media to kind of vent their frustration regarding the quality of play um a lot of bugs fps issues loading times i was wa- we were just watching a couple of videos downstairs while i was making breakfast of um some of the glitches and it almost looked like when i uh, when I played Grand Theft Auto 3 and Vice City on my computer, my old computer, the graphics and the textures and things like that would like kind of be delayed. You mm-hmm. know, it's like I would be driving down the street and then like randomly hit a car that didn't load and then like, oh, what the hell happened? And then the car would load right after I hit it, you know, type oh, deal. Gotcha. And, um, you know, they're getting a lot of people on these, you know, more the majority of people playing Cyberpunk on consoles are playing them on first-gen consoles. Like, I have the first-gen PS5. My son has a second-gen Xbox S. Um, My computer... I I know for a fact that nor my computer, nor the Xbox, or the PlayStation would have probably run Cyberpunk uh, 2077. I don't know, is it a two-player game or not? My... Basically, if it's not two-player, I'm not going to get it, most likely, until late, way later on when it's on sale. Um, from what I saw, it's got a pretty, like, it's like Borderlands mixed with GTA, you so know? A little bit of something for me and a little bit of something for you. Exactly. It's got a, you know, it got a lot of weapon customization, a lot of character, a lot of customization, period. So mm-hmm. that's, like, their big point, um... I don't want to spoil the game, so I'm not watching it. So my homies, all you guys that are trying to get new viewers streaming Cyberpunk 77, you got to count me out because I ain't going to be there. Um, but yeah, I know CD Projekt Red, they're working on a bunch of patches. And hopefully we will be uh, seeing some improvement. And hopefully by the time that I get the game, the game will be much more playable. Um, the one other piece that I got for gaming today was about the uh, video game, uh, the game awards. So there's some ruckus being caused about Naughty Dog, who, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, they created uh, games like the Crash Bandicoot, the Last of Us series, and they just won the game awards best direction award which recognizes developers who have outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design now a lot of people are frustrated because it is well published that the last of us 2 was largely developed under crunch conditions now i know one of the stories 
I heard was about a construction incident where the workers were uh, the developers were in there working round the clock and I guess they were having some construction done in the building and a large pipe came crashing down in the office oh wow um that's very stressful I mean yeah. you're trying to make a game you're trying to put you know like and I'm out of the I'm out just trying to figure out how to put a story into slides but that must be well put it this way ridiculous. out of the 20 lead developers at Naughty Dog 14 of them left mm. Uh, they, a lot of people do say that Naughty Dog tries to help people work through what they call a crunch, but this kind of behavior is unsustainable in the develop, game developing community. I understand that there's deadlines, I understand that people want what they want and they want the games to come out when they want them to come out, but you cannot continue, I'm definitely of that mindset that you cannot continue developing games and abusing your staff in the process putting them in these kind of crunch like scenarios where they have to work day in day out until the game is finished um bioware notoriously has a few of those ea mm. a lot of companies have come under fire for kind of fostering that crunch yeah. mentality mm. so um yeah a lot of people feel like Developers who develop games with that crunch mentality shouldn't be eligible to win awards like the Best Direction Award, which recognizes, which basic, which which supposes. Why not? I mean, some of my best work is in crunch conditions. It just you know, like you know, like. But that's not an innovative way. You know what I'm saying? It's not innovative to crunch yourself. You know what I'm saying? You know, like to me, innovation will be finding a way to develop a game not with this kind of abusive behavior yeah. you know what i'm saying but then again who am i i'm not a developer so um it, it, i just don't think it would be right to discount some employees just because their company decides to do it stupid and they come out with like the best game of all and, time yeah and, and there's, you know some, what I mean? there's some people that live for that kind of adrenaline you know like that like to you know there are some people that work under those conditions but i would say over the past 10 or so years there's really been a, a light that has been shed on the gaming industry, whether it's uh, toxicity amongst players, uh, racial discrimination or gender discrimination, um, mm -hmm. you know, abuse in the uh, abuse in the cubicle or studios, you know, and it's very interesting to see how these companies are being held accountable for not only the content that they're putting out, but for the way that they're Context running their made. yeah the way their context is made and how they're running their company so um yeah that will be it for our gaming section uh what is number seven on the list disney 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 so my wife brought something very interesting to my attention uh she subscribes to disney plus because uh, speaking of we got to watch the mandalorian yeah um shout out to grogu <laughs> um disney apparently this happened in october but they started putting uh disclaimer notices on their on certain movies like peter pan aladdin yeah i was um, just trying to my, i was minding my business trying to watch aladdin the other night and i was like what is and the disclaimer reads something like this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people's cultures these stereotypes were wrong and are wrong now 
rather than to remove the content they want to leave it up and spark conversation i think that's a load of bs they just want to make money damn it i want to see aladdin i want to see mulan yeah you know? like our generation would be outraged if we couldn't watch any of those movies just because they were not pc i would be surprised to see if they put this on a bunch of other movies oh yeah definitely i mean I, I said jokingly while we were making our notes that maybe they'll put it on movies like Ace Ventura, um, Don't Be a Menace to South Central, you know, some, you know, some of these like <laughs> yeah. stereotype movies, Malibu's Most Wanted even, you could, you know, like some of these movies that really shit on, on stereotypes. Pretty much anything that came out in the 90s and early 2000s. I, I wouldn't be surprised that even like, earlier than that. you know, 50 to 100 years from now when they start to recategorize all these movies, you know, like they'll have like disclaimers, you know, because humans by then will have completely evolved language will have evolved to a point where we don't tolerate anything from our past, you know, like that's like they're going to be taboo. Yeah. You know, the, the way humans spoke to each other, the way we communicated as a species and interacted, is going to be completely relabeled to something more PC you know, and every, I wouldn't be surprised to see every, everything having disclaimer notices on it. But, um... Can you imagine how long the conversation would be? All right, disclaimer, blah, 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 but blah, 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 blah. Like, you'd have to disclaimer yourself. Yeah, right? Like, that's... It's like, well, that's like what people say, I'm not a racist, but... Insert racist no offense, comment. but... Yeah, no offense, you know, everything. But it's going to get longer and more specific is what I'm saying. Yeah, so, um... Well, I mean, I don't know. Do I shout out Disney for that? Shout out to Disney for putting a disclaimer on. I guess it's their weird way of being, you know, it's their, I wouldn't call it a weird way because what if we had a company and we were accused of, you know, miss something, you know, like, oh, you miss blah, blah, blah. Well, so I didn't know. It's, yeah. It's, I claim ignorance. Yeah. It's their way of, uh, it's their way of addressing the controversy surrounding some of their movies and you know it is what it is so with that being said our podcast is coming to a close so we will bring up our last week's question which was is there an inherent order in nature or is it all chaos and chance now i'll let you go first because i've done enough talking this episode <laughs> uh both my answer is both. I think that there is an order, or rather there's a balance, but it's a chance, it's like a crapshoot on which way you're going to go to get to that Kind of like end. the law of intelligent design. Like, the universe kind of wants to go a certain way, and, you know, like... Yeah, and then that, you have all these branches, yeah. so it's a chance of which branch you're going to take, but in the it has to equal something good, or it has to equal something bad, but there's 70 different choices. Yeah. I could definitely see that we're all on this weird arrow of life, you know, like, and it's just going in this, you know, this arrow has one generalized direction. And amongst this direction is all these little possibilities that can happen, you know, whether it's chaos or controlled chaos, Yeah. you know, because whenever you try to order, order something, something always throws a wrench. So yeah. it has to be chaos that is the truth that is the truth i mean there is no absolute higgs boson of life you know like yeah 
for instance, you know, like all these scientists at CERN and uh, the the large the Large Hadron Collider, um, they spent all these years trying to research the God particle. The God particle. Mm -hmm. You know, this one particle that governed all mass and all explains things. Explains the Big Bang. The Big you Bang know, was just whoops. Come to find out that they find the Higgs boson, and the Higgs boson is just one particle, and then there's smaller po you know bosons you know like it's the higgs boson right and then there's y bosons and z bosons you know so it's like for everything that you find and then find, there's those ones that go backwards in time yeah you know for everything that you find you're finding these like this, there's never a complete answer you know what i'm saying so it's like and in finding this higgs boson look at what they had to do they had to smash they had to cause chaos to find this cam this this atom mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so you have to get the chaos is the order yep it is controlled chaos in which brings order or which dictates the order that you're going to get so <laughs> um i thought it was pretty interesting that was a very good question and that will then bring us to our next week's question and that is, how would you be if you didn't... How old would be? How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? I want to answer this question now, but I'll leave it for you guys to hear it. And uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in this week. So much fun. Uh, I feel a lot better this week than I did last week. We didn't have as many outtakes. We were able to kind of shoot this bada bing, bada boom. Whatever it is, if you guys like it, you like it. If you don't... Fuck off. This is what we're doing. I'm happy to have you guys here. I love you guys. And we will see you next time. Bye.